and he's like, you know, Aubameyang's in Barcelona. <laughs> and they were like, what? They're like, what's he supposed to be doing? Uh, training. How <laughs> <laughs> did no one know this already? Sensational. Oh, ben White does look like he should be on Love Island. He does. Really? I'm a big fan of Ben White. And he's just got a real, he just gives off a vibe. I don't know what that vibe is, he just gives it off. So far, the entire All or Nothing's been Arteta with a tactics board drawing or Liverpool. Look, I haven't seen the whole All or Nothing so far. I haven't We're seen... somehow in the sixth episode and back round to them playing Liverpool again. Well, because we played them twice in the League Cup. It's all I've seen. I mean, we didn't beat them once either, so it's all bad, isn't it? Um, yeah. I haven't seen All or Nothing, but does Arteta wear a turtleneck at any point? I don't think I've seen one yet, you know. He's growing on me. I'll tell you what, he dropped the turtleneck and he started playing some good football. That's what's happened here. Um, we just yeah. got to meet his wife. And oh, I'll... I've seen that's coming up in the next yeah. episode. Arteta yeah. has a wife. Of yeah. course he does. He's a family man. Well, Hey, who's getting the next all or nothing? I think uh, it's got to be Chelsea. Hodgson said, said it was going to be Newcastle, but I don't know. Uh, Newcastle's a good shout. Chelsea won't do it. United's the one you want. Isn't I would be, Chelsea United or Newcastle would be I, good. United this season would be. Yeah, they must be. They must be up there. Like, can we get United? That's got to be the one you want because, except they'll have to rename the show to just nothing. But <laughs> that, <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Just not all, all for nothing. all for nothing. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I, I I don't want to see a Chelsea one. I don't think I don't think Chelsea would let him in the club. That, to be fair, that, I didn't want to see an Arsenal one. Based on what was going on at the start of last season, but no, I've been enjoying it. To be fair, when do they when do they normally announce who, who it is? I think we'd already known because when Arsenal lost the first three games last year, everyone's talking about how great all the nothing's going to be. <sighs> you, Although we, we have started the season earlier this year. I I just think it would be more interesting if you were going relegation fodder. That's more interesting. That'd be good. Yeah. Like, you mean not Forest? Let's get there at Notts Forest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That'd be good. Steve um, Cooper. Does he, give me, give me Brighton, and let's just oh. let's have the nothing just be the complete lack of league goals they can score. And then Graham Potter leaves for the England job just yeah. before the World Cup. <laughs> She's got the Brighton PR guy coming into the office, just going, "Do you know Graham's a guitar?" <laughs> Where's he supposed to be? Where's he supposed training? To be training. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Welbeck's just out there taking training for us. Oh, in fact, he'd be on the plane with Potter, to be honest. The PR guy's just trying to find, find a booster seat for Tarek Lampy so he can get on the bus. <laughs> yeah, Potter's taking Welbeck with him wherever he's going. Get it back in England, too. i tell you what, you play San Marino in the World Cup, I'd put Danny Welbeck on the plane. Honestly, if... if... Look, there's a reason Graham Potter doesn't want another striker. Because he's got Welbeck. Look, on the subject, this is... This and he's is... shipping Mopai out. This, this yeah. isn't... Yeah, this isn't really related to anything. It's just tang- tangentially talking bullshit. Do you know what really annoyed me this weekend? You know how Pele claims to score a thousand goals? The motherfucker's claiming like 320 assists too. Like, this man is like, he's the biggest liar in world football. It's going to be tough to prove that one. <sighs> it just really annoyed me when I saw it. Like, imagine claiming those numbers. It's good I- goal involvements. But the yeah. thing is, most people are buying it. That's the crazy thing. That, that is the crazy thing. That is the crazy thing. And But I came to a realisation this weekend. I reckon 
there is an op- there is a possibility that Pele was this good, and that that generation talking to us about Pele is going to be the exact same way that we our generation talks about Messi, because there is no way in hell that Messi meant the assist he got at the weekend. No way yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. But everyone, everyone's like, oh, Messi, Messi, and Messi, Messi did this. Oh, Messi did this. I'm like, he did. I'm glad me. you've come round on this because I was, I was watched it and was like, there's no uh, way. No, well, I, there I'll was. There was an office debate, and at first I was like, you know what, uh, Messi's that good, and then I'm like, this is some, this is some bullshit. That that was not an assist that he should get credit for. <laughs> it just bobbled over his foot. No way, meant it for sure. How could he possibly mean that? He's that good, I'm telling you. But this is what people used to say about Pele, and he used to stick four past his garden gnome. The thing is. You can watch Messi. No one was watching Pele on TV, were they? In England. Only like the World Cup. I can watch But they're not watching Pele for like Santos or whoever, are they? I don't watch Messi. I'm not watching the French league. No, but you can. That's what I'm saying. You can stick the TV on. I don't actually believe the Portuguese league exists. I just think Benfica just plays six times a season in the group phase. And then people buy their players. Like I'm convinced it doesn't actually exist. Because you can't tell me that David Luiz, when he turned up at Chelsea, had played years of football. He looked like he learned to defend in the Bundesliga, to be fair. Oh, oh, while we're on this, let's keep going on this subject. Timo Werner scored after 30 minutes on his uh, (laughs) Bundesliga debut. I thought, of course he fucking did. Well, yeah, that was obvious. Yeah, do you want to know what the goal was, though? He hit it from 30 yards, and the keeper just dropped it in his own net. It it was such a shame shot. Where the FBI? We need to, like, <laughs> this league needs to be investigated for institutional fraud because I just, every time I turn on the highlights, it looks like the Commonwealth Games, except they're all starting in the opposition's half and they're all running back. It is shocking. Like, Sadio Mane, look, I'm officially putting him on fraud watch. If he doesn't put up 50 <laughs> goals, I'm not even sure he's that good. Shocking it is. It was one of the worst pieces of keeping I've ever seen. I'll tell you who scored a few in the Bundesliga, though, Will. Pelé, mate. I don't know. He might actually. He might have actually put up numbers with the Bundesliga. This I've good... just seen that, and I've just seen the Werner goal for the first time. <laughs> is the, was De Gea playing in that game? What's going on there? Oh, it's just it's a disgrace, isn't it? Look, I can't to... believe he's he's got the nerve to shoot from there, given the season he's just had. Seasons, Mike. Seasons. Yeah. I forget. Well, he's he, in the league long he knows he's year. back in the Bundes, so. Well, you would, wouldn't you? How windy yeah, is it in Are you ready for Lewandowski to not be good now as well? well that would complete nil the nil draw for Barca at the weekend. And he Turn, missed a boatload of chances. Turns out you can't. You need to um, activate a sporting lever as well as an economic one. Um, <laughs> Didn't uh, who got injured for them? One of the defenders said, or mid no. Busquets, was it? Yeah, no, Busquets got sent off. Um, Oh, yeah, so now De Jong's going to be playing. It's a nightmare situation for Barca and their economic levers. De De Jong, I think, is going to stay and all all power to him. Um, Just here's the thing about Barcelona. There is going to be a line in a future book about the fall of that club where they're like, and of course, it all really went downhill for Barcelona when they... They sold 50% of their image rights for that was worth like 2.3 billion over the next couple of years, so they could um, register Andreas Christensen and Marcus Alonso. 
<laughs> just like fucking hell. Like, agreeing a ten million pound deal for Marcus Alonso. Like, La Liga should just not allow them to register him just on principle. They should just be like, you've learned nothing. All right. <laughs> like, is that happening? Yeah, it is. They have got far too many levers. Imagine, imagine the scouts at La Masia seeing Marcus Alonso's first touch. <laughs> fucking imagine that. Honestly, uh, uh, shocking. Um, anyway, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, Joel Linton and N-Dub's correspondent is Mr. Mike Preston. Hello, everyone. Good. And all on I think Qatar. Yeah, is what do you reckon? A World, a World Cup edition? I've just well, after. Look, our, uh, are they I was typing that as you were introducing me, so... In, are they going to be showing it in The Hague? Well, it doesn't have to be <laughs> Qatar. I'm just... Maybe uh, another nation. And it's like... And here is the leader of the um, the Football Federation in Qatar, and you can see him just right now carting in yet more undocumented workers to work on his, sta- his stadiums. <laughs> that is... Look, they're trying to keep as many people out of seeing behind the scenes in Qatar as possible, Mike. I don't necessarily mean that that's the team you pick because you probably want a team that goes far because that'd be more interesting. Like, but all I'm talking about France, a World Cup edition. Like that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So do yeah, you know, France or. Do you know it would just it would be so England for this to be the World Cup they finally won. And it'd be the World Cup where you had to remark where in like on the Wikipedia thing it was like controversy. Of course, the entire World Cup was built on the back of slain flame. <laughs> Allegedly, of course. There you are. For the lawyers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that voice laughing is uh, Mr. Pod Ross, Ross Bird. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. Where's Dave, you ask? A good question. Let me tell you where he is. Mike, have you heard about this? Some more snakes. No, no, it's not. It's not. That's what he does on Saturday night. Um, Dave is actually... Big carted off to the World Health Organization for testing because after it's not monkeypox, is it? No, it's not monkeypox. After going to the doctors this week, they found that Dave was actually a miracle of science because he's a man who's lived for 26 years without a functioning brain. So, what they've done is they're cutting him up and they're seeing how he can do things. But um, he'll be back next week, hopefully, provided that um, he hasn't been there. Uh, lobotomized completely well he doesn't have a brain to be lobotomized actually they're just cutting off the top like it's an open can i've grow some hair back <laughs> wow wow the best thing i was is, about to go there myself the best thing is dave won't ever listen to this so you won't hear that but um no he is just um doing battle with snakes as per he'll be back next week um last week's episode we really buried the lead by the way when you weren't here mike we um it was an hour and 40 minutes long, so um, we took, obviously, an hour to get to United. And I must admit, last week I was sat here at the start of the podcast, so I thought to myself, oh, United losing. I love to see United lose. It's great for the podcast. And then, of course, you texted, oh, unfortunately, lads, I can't be on the podcast. I had to wrestle a snake. Fair enough, these things happen. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be just fucking United to go away to Brentford, draw 1-1 or something, a really dull game. What a wasted opportunity. We won't get to really wind up Mike, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, United for the first time, they may have let other people down, but for the first time, they actually 
helped me out. And they lost 4-0 to Brentford in a display which, um, there's many ways you could describe it, but I don't feel like I should waste any more words on it. I should just hand over to Mike. Mike, did you watch the game? <laughs> um, I watched the first about half an hour and then I listened to the rest on the radio in the gym because I decided not to watch the rest of the game. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, yeah, it's kind of got... To, it, the Maybe the worst part about this is that you almost expect it. It's that bad that it's not even that surprising anymore. Um, for example, the fraud that is Chris Sutton on BBC pre- predicted a 3-0 Brentford win. So it was only a goal out there, which uh, in that kind of, That's the closest he's been to being right I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, yeah, all time. I think that's the closest he's ever been. So, yeah, um, just a disaster. <laughs> An absolute... I, I'm I'm a bit lost for words to be honest, and it's two or three days on from the uh, the atrocity at Brentford, but but yeah, uh, a horrible performance from everyone. De Gea, just Let, let's start just, with David De Gea because this is I mean the goal for Pascal Gross last week where um, Welbeck puts it across the six yard box on a plate and De Gea doesn't come and claim it. I I, I think it's a De Gea mistake. The first one here is a clangor, but they're the sort of clangers that happen. And then the the second one where he passes it to Ericsson and Ericsson gets pressed. I don't know what to do with David De Gea because he won goalkeeper of the year last year, but I don't actually think he's a good modern goalkeeper anymore. He's not a good modern goalkeeper, no. No, and he's not, he's not the guy that fits into what Ten Hag wants to do either. Apparently, they've now put some money aside for a new goalie, so that's a bit late in the game, I would say, as usual from United. But yeah, uh, the pass to Ericsson is just ridiculous. I don't, I don't think I'd do that in training, let alone on the pitch. He's obviously been told we want to play out from the back. Brentford have been told United want to play out from the back, and they know what Ericsson likes to do with the ball because he was literally playing for them last year. So you you pass to Ericsson under pressure, they cut it out. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah, I don't... Obviously, Henderson wanted to leave, which makes sense, uh, particularly given some of the stuff he's said <laughs> in recent weeks. But then you bring in Tom Heaton as the backup, who is not pushing De Gea whatsoever. Um, I think it does go... A bit underestimated the effect Henderson had on De Gea last year being a genuine Prem standard backup behind De Gea does push you to play a bit better, I would think. Because they always had Romero, but you never got the sense that Romero was ever going to play big minutes for them. Going back to Henderson and his comments, if people haven't seen them, what's he been saying really about United? I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen All I've known is that he basically just slated the club on his way. So he, he said, He's only on loan. He said that the club, he stayed, he turned down good loans last year because the club said he was going to play. He was going to be the number one, basically. And then he just wasn't, and he was just sat there on the bench all year. This, this strikes he, me. He did have a bit of, a few bad timings with injuries and he got COVID and then that let De Gea back in. And then De Gea obviously played really well last season they were 
he was a bit unlucky. But yeah, the club, it's the club doing what the club always do. They told Lingard he was going to get loads of minutes and then he's left. Basically and then they lost him for life. nothing. Yeah, do you think this is, I mean, I, I think back to, I think back to the start of the 2014-15 season where, I'm going to talk about Chelsea quickly, when um, Petr Cech had been under Mourinho the season before, had won the Golden Glove, but clearly was like, the decline will start soon. And they said, and they had Thibaut Courtois, who'd just been to the Champions League final with Atletico Madrid on loan. And they brought him back. And I remember that big debate on Monday Night Football because we kicked it off against Burnley. And I remember a massive debate with Carragher and um, Neville. And they were like, well, obviously he's done really well um, on loan and Czech's done really well. Does Mourinho, is Mourinho brave enough to say, look, here's the, here's the guy for the future. Let's get him in and let's see how he performs. Are they willing to do actually make the succession happen and Mourinho did and Czech played second fiddle and then obviously went to Arsenal I do wonder if something like that was supposed to happen at United and whether or not that whole kind of like the structure and the way that they're not they don't seem to have any sort of long-term plan and just sort of like perhaps the idea was from Ollie originally that oh come back and play and then Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't strike me as the man to make those hard personnel decisions um, I think that probably was the idea, you're right. But then, like I say, Henderson got a bit unlucky. I think maybe it's COVID or something that put him out. And then the hair comes in, plays how he plays. He's probably not going to drop him. I don't like think... you say, Ollie's not going to drop him, probably. You know, it was shit last year. And yeah. was the hair that good? that you couldn't drop him if you were trying to think of the future. There was periods where he was. Well, okay. they should have in the end. But let's say, coming towards the end of the season when we were essentially playing for nothing, they probably should have canned him. Yeah. Yeah, there was no sense in carrying on playing him there. there there's no sense then because... Well, we were well they were giving the, out, the outfield youngsters time, weren't they? Yeah, but then they just, I don't know, just brain farted with Henderson. Or maybe Henderson was already... So, yeah. Because there was... Say. There was a bit of backlash to Henderson's comments, and I was like, well, you don't know what he's been told in the club. This doesn't feel to me like a, a Danny Drinkwater where he left Chelsea and he started complaining that he never played. And you sort of said to him, well, you were never going to play Danny, were you? It, well, it didn't feel, no, you didn't feel like that. You've known that when you signed, pal. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like Henderson went back after that incredible spell, and a smart club plays him. Yeah, yeah. And you'd think, and it sounds like. No one's come out and denied that that's what he was told. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm aware. So, yeah. Yeah. The only issue I have with his comments is that he's on loan there. If he has to come back into United next season, then what do we do? It's going to be a bit weird. Blame. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think that's. I don't think he said too much that's really going to. He's not turned around and said. He's not turned around and said, your fans are shit. Your stadium's shit. Your shit. Your stadium's shit. Yeah, they, they were paying it today, actually, by the way. The fans are good. Yeah, well, of course they are now. Ahead of Liverpool, they'll be on the telly in the midweek. Um, Do you know what? That fixture makes me feel genuinely sick. Oh, we'll talk about, about it. About we'll talk about it in a bit. But I, I just before we move on, I do want to quickly go back to this game and Ten Hag. And I think there's been there's been some real interesting, like, it's, it's classic 
football talking about football in the 24 7 news cycle where everybody's really quick to make snap judgments about people and i actually thought carl anker who is obviously the united guy our boy carl mark our boy we just wish his podcast was a bit louder yeah just get a new mic carl or something (laughs) um i did think he had a really interesting point which i sort of agreed with because although ten hogs obviously been given a shit sandwich to work with um he's not really making the right decisions i know i know i didn't when i saw the team sheet away to bernie i thought hey hey he he can't take all the blame clearly but he is in line for some of it for sure because yeah like you say the team sheet's strange with um ericsson essentially being the deepest lying fielder which you can understand in some games, because he's obviously far better on the ball than Fred and McTominay, except that you're playing Brentford, who, like I said before, know what he wants to do with the ball when he gets it. And also, he hasn't got that much legs. And we saw what Brentford did exceptionally well in that game. It was, what, 34 degrees? And they just ran and ran and pressed United. Particularly the first half, they kind of, well, they were 4-0 up, so it didn't matter in the second half, but it was, that was strange. It was really I suffocating, I thought. Yeah, they really did. And that's how you get that second goal. De Gea kind of panics, even though he wasn't the one under pressure. Um, that's how you get that goal there. Um, and Martinez, again, five foot nine against Tony and Ben Mee at the back post. Probably isn't going to go that well. He kind of got bullied. <laughs> Taken yeah. off at half time. I'd have maybe liked to see him in midfield and put Varane in there. It wasn't great, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think like not to go all not to go all barrage and be like, ah league. Oh. Um but bit do you think this is a case of Ten Hag being a bit naive with regards to the quality that he's gonna see week to week as opposed to what it was when he was in charge of Ajax and he could do these things and he could beat people off the park just based solely on the quality of the players and not have to worry less about the physicality. Well, yeah, if he didn't know what he was up against before, the last two games, the first two games of the season against Brighton and Brentford, just show what is in this league. Two really well-run clubs on far lower budgets have absolutely hammered us off the park in both fixtures. So, yeah, I mean, welcome, Eric. The job's a lot bigger than you thought it was, I think. Yeah, and he got Everyone there early too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, none of the signings did. But, yeah. I remember all the press briefings. All said, Hogs got there early, and I'm sat there thinking, and he's still working with Scott McDominay. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, there was a couple of interesting things about um, Ronaldo. So I just want to start with you, Ross, because obviously talking about all or nothing and Aubameyang and strikers with shitty attitudes. By the way, I'm really excited for him to join the latest list of shit strikers at Chelsea Football Club. Um, uh I just want to talk to you a bit about Ronaldo and kind of like his attitude because it didn't look right here. Or am I making a mountain out of a molehill? No, no, he definitely, definitely didn't look right. Um, yeah, people are drawing comparisons with the Aubameyang, um, Arteta sort of dynamic that that happened. Uh, yeah, which we've seen in All or Nothing. Yeah. Um, the thing with the Arsenal Aubameyang situation was. Arteta just wanted him out and the hierarchy wanted him out 
got him out. You saw how, if you watched the show, you can see how hard they worked to get it done on the deadline. Because they, they were ready to lose him for nothing. Just cut his contract and. Yeah, they were going to terminate it, weren't they? Yeah. I which, thought that was wild. Which is um interesting because I don't know if you saw, but Sky have reported that United have said to Ronaldo, look, if you don't, essentially, if you don't book your ideas up, we're going to terminate your contract, which is interesting given that I think the difference between the Arsenal situation was, yeah, Aubameyang was a good player for them. He was having a bad, he wasn't having a good season. Um, he was clearly against the idea of what the coach wanted to do. And the difference I think between United and Arsenal is Arsenal. I like right. We're sticking with this coach. We're gonna we're gonna back him. We're gonna do what we need to do. Whereas, I get the sense that the relationship with United and Ronaldo is not so one-sided here. Well, it's it's with the Arsenal situation. It's the whole club. Yeah, as you say, they Edu, the technical director, just accepted that Arteta wanted him out of the club and he was not going to use him, and they needed to get him gone. Clearly, there's no real connection going on here between. I don't know, the higher-ups at the club. I mean, the fact that you don't find out that he's dropping a transfer request until the season's about to start, and Ten Hag's been there for so long, and he's been saying that he wants Ronaldo and he's an important player. How does it take weeks and weeks to come out that Ronaldo doesn't really want to be there? Surely that's the first thing you'd do. We knew we weren't getting Champions League months before this. True, yeah. yeah, as well. a big reason he wants to leave, apparently. So So this should have come out at the end of last season. So they could really try and get get rid of him. So they've been rushing around trying to find some for him to go, and no one wants him now. So, I mean, yeah. And as yet, we haven't seen them back the the manager. It is interesting that that's that's been reported. Uh, that they might they're thinking about doing that. I don't know if they have to, uh, to do it. Yeah, that that's a big. Unless it's a mutual termination, that's a lot of money for the Glazers to pony up. Um, yeah, what did you? The Glazers to pony up, have a day off. I've been naughty, go on, Ross. I was just, yeah, just Ronaldo's obviously a much bigger thing than Aubameyang. What he means to United in the long, long term. Obviously, Aubameyang was a big character at Arsenal, but it's not the same as Ronaldo, is it? One of the greatest players ever, kind of thing, to just terminate his contract. Uh, yeah. That's, that's if, hour, so. if the all or nothing cameras are there, let's do it because I need to see the fallout from that. God, that's, that's what I'm saying. All or nothing United this season. Oh, what would they post on Instagram if Ronaldo left the club? Well, hopefully they just replace him with some great content. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get, to be fair, did see a nice run out for Ice Cold Martial. Um, yeah, he'd probably get some some love on the feed if he's back from injury. Uh, I think they just push a load of the youngsters. Mm. Some new signings, bit of a uh, bit, bit of a ran. Speaking of, bit of Arnautovic, what bit of Rabiot. Segue that is. You weren't on the podcast last week last week to talk about Rabiot. Yeah, thankfully. Um, and I think I did enough of a an angry rant for you on your behalf. But what do you make of the Rabiot and Arnautovic deals? Like, I mean, what a fucking joke. <laughs> Sorry for swearing, but. Honestly, Rabio. If they think Rabio's the answer, we might as well just burn it down. We well, actually, honestly, and the, this Arnautovic thing, are we 7.6 mil? And then it gets leaked, everyone hates it, and they're like, oh, we've taken that on board and we're not going to buy him now. What do you mean? Whose idea was this? 
Oh, no. No, no, no. It's, watch, Ross, I'm about to play devil's advocate for a second. I can't see Rabio in a Man U shirt. I just can't see it. But doesn't he give you, doesn't he bring in a bit Don't of added quality? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even believe it. Uh, I really... and, now, and now they're talking about Icardi. Are we just going around the hotheads of Europe and trying to gather them all up? What the hell is this? I'm shocked United are going in for a Bamiang. That seems a power right. Compared that'll to be, the others. That'll be tomorrow morning. Compared to the others, a Bamiang. Far and away, you Far and away, you Like, these other two are... They're just... But he's like a but he's like Ronaldo, but worse, sorry, isn't he? He's not going to give you much work right up there, and he's not going to score as many goals. Oh, a Bamiyang. Yes, he seems yeah. like the perfect fit. Also, yeah, like yeah, a toxic yeah, problem what, in the dressing what, room. Yeah, but he's not as toxic as a cardio and Artovic. We're not even going there. Oh, <laughs> I wish they'd signed on Artovic. That would just have been so good. It'd probably been good for United. That's the worst thing about this. But it's where, hilarious. Where they stopped Cavani it because the fan this? reaction. Like, Jesus if, Christ. No, just, if if they're doing things based on fan reaction, I don't know how this Rabiot thing is going through. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's still on the table. My favorite I thing really is, can't. My favourite thing is everyone's like, oh, you know, the problem will be the girl shit with his mother because she's renowned for being a shit everywhere. Like, if she's renowned for being a shit everywhere, th- don't buy it. Like, Why are we dealing with her then? Uh, it, this feels to be like a Leave really him to rock wherever he is. Where is he, Juventus? McTominay and Rabiot, that's yeah. going to be some, some midfield duo, isn't it? McFreddie, as I termed it. <laughs> I enjoyed that. The, <laughs> I will go back to the absolute best tweet of the last couple of weeks about Man United was that Rabiot would be a statement signing for Man United if that statement is we don't have a fucking clue what we're doing. <laughs> I, that, that is like... Yeah, yeah. And they feel, United feel like, I think the Premier League and Premier League clubs have got smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. And as they've got smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter, United seem to have got dumber and dumber and dumber. Like, they're just idiots. Like, they're just out there and occasionally they look into these things. But they seem to have, a, under at least 71, like, and that's one season under Solskjaer before they brought Ronaldo in. You sort of like, you look to them, you're like, oh, I'm not sure, but they're clearly trying to attack with pace. They've targeted they've targeted young guys who seem to be good good blokes. And then they were like, well, Ronaldo could be going to City, so let's get Voldemort back in. And ever since they've ever done that, he's just shit the bed repeatedly. Short just term. a disaster, but hey, let's give Brentford some love. I was going to say, yeah, we should give Brentford some credit for him. Great performance. I'm, Thomas Frank, I'm sure, too. Yeah, I'm sure Joss De Silva will be listening for his shout-out. So there you go, Joss. Well done. A product you of the Arsenal well. Academy. There you go. Dave's a big fan. You'll be pleased to know. So. <laughs> Look, I think Ivan Tony's almost ready for a big move, by the way. That, that week of foot half volley pass was I, disgusting. Look, are you ready for... You ready for me to say something wild? If you're looking for a budget Harry Kane in terms of the aspects to the all-around game, in that you saw how Ivan Tony could could give you a, a facsimile of that. He's never going to be Harry Kane, but he has some. I said this on Thursday. We should we should go and get him. I was going to say you said that, haven't you, Mike? You how much do you yeah. think Ivan Tony? How much do you reckon he's going to be? Who cares? I mean, he's going to cost London, you a decent wedge, isn't it? Go and negotiate for Declan Rice. <laughs> I, 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 I say it every week. I think Ivan Tony might set you back 65 mil. 
Well, here's some fan reaction for you, man. You just go and buy them. <laughs> Stop messing around with Rabio. He's like four mil. Let's just do some actually decent work it's here. It's so funny that United are trying to buy an average of seven million. Like that's yeah. <laughs> stuff <to> sorry, <laughs> the idea of them. Go, the idea of them sifting through all their stuff and arriving at. You're not on Artovich. Seven million. That's it feels like you're you're on the football manager and you're searching low to high. That's, That's what I was about to say. You know, you you go on on football manager. You probably just got promoted with your championship team and you're looking for the cheap transfer listed <laughs> people. That's what we're doing at the moment. It is hilarious. It feels like United are walking through like an ASDA and they're going past all this like all these all these nice chickens. They've just got to like the reduced section where there's a chicken with like half a leg or something. They're like, yeah, fair enough. It seems like a bargain. But then look- it's bizarre to me because they're clearly willing to spend money if they're trying to buy De Jong. That is the weird thing. And uh, uh, like going after Arnautovic because of his play 15 years ago at Twente is hilarious. Like when he was like uh, 17 or something like that. So I don't know where to I don't know where to be on De Jong. I don't know where what what the deal is with him, but. Gary Neville said if if he doesn't go to United and he goes to Chelsea, that's an absolute horror show for United. And if this the young deal doesn't come off because he decides not to move, that's fair enough. But good Lord, how's the as a football club? How the mighty have fallen? Like I know we keep going on about it, but when when you're starting to get to the point where some players are just thinking, I just don't want to go to United. Like, I still t- I still can't believe they got Varane to go there. Like, not enough's made of that. Like, Varane was winning Champions League title and league title at Real Madrid, and he's like, he's, like, he's basically gone, you know what, I'm going to turn the difficulty up from professional to legendary. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to go play a couple of things. And ever since then, he's probably thinking, fuck me, how good was Madrid? Right, he should yeah, he shouldn't have I mean he wasn't great last been, year though, was he? He's no. been since he came in. No. I mean he probably should have played over Martinez, shouldn't he? In, in a game against Bournemouth where set pieces were gonna be so key. <laughs> Certainly looks that way against uh, the budget Harry Kane up there. But yeah, Brentford, like well Ivan run. Tony. I like Ivan Tony by the way. Budget Harry Kane I was saying is a I like quite it. a nice compliment rather than me shitting on him. No, like yeah. Ross was right. That pa- that that goal that Mbwemo scored with the Tony assist was unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And Mbwemo also in my fantasy team, so I enjoyed that a little bit, even as a United fan. He's got to average it out this year after being the biggest XG underperformer last year. He's got to bang him in this year. Yeah, they're going to fly. Start of the week. There he is. In Dave's absence, Ross is picking up the slack. Ross's stat of the week. Who would have had it been an Mbwemo one? Though? I would have had it <laughs> been Arsenal. Um, good news for uh, United. They've got a nice easy one next. Um, they're playing Liverpool, <laughs> who of course haven't got Darwin Nunes because he was channeling Zidane the other night. Um, <laughs> by the way, my favourite thing about the reaction to Nunes' headbutt was everyone going, God, he's really gone for it. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Like, what are we doing here? But, <laughs> of course he's yeah. good. Yeah, looking forward to that game, to be honest. Yeah. 
I think we I think we've got a chance of taking points off them. If we win, we go above them, so that's big. Put <laughs> up to like what sixteenth. We need like a Guillaume Balaguer button or something to press when there's some news comes in on the pod. Sky Sports notification, Justin, Man United's move for Juventus' midfielder, Adrian Rabio, looking increasingly unlikely. Because I've seen as the fan reaction, that's what it is. As, as they've not been able to meet his wage demands. Oh, oh no. no. What is he asking for over there? No. Rabio, oh, he's that's turned him down. That's Rabio that's the is worst Rabio. Way for is Rabio. Oh, let's end the pod. Stop the <laughs> I mean, we've just spent how long talking about what a terrible it's, signing is? It's so it's so in and around. We're just in and around no, the transfer no, no, at no, the moment. It's really depressing. It's, um, United, United, maybe the one of the most successful clubs in the world have just been turned down by Adrian Rabio. I couldn't be happier. I really couldn't. <sighs> I thought you were going to announce De Jong or something then, but I kind of was going up. Uh, I will start the hashtag announce De Jong, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to get much traction. I'm looking forward to Luke De Jong signing tomorrow for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably in their price range. Man United see this hashtag, they're like, look at the fan reaction. Clearly, we've got to get him in. I didn't think he was very good at Newcastle, but... God, he's terrible, isn't Imagine he? Luke and Seam De Jong on the scene for you now. <laughs> um, right. I guess we should talk about the other game. I like how we were going to praise Brentford and we went immediately back into Slater. They're good, though. Like, Brentford are good, but like I thought they were good here. I thought they pressed really well. They were really smart. But I can't get over the fact that they were helped out by just a woefully naive Man United performance. But they're playing uh, Ericsson false nine one week and then defensive midfielder the next is, is really good. Masterclass. I don't think we gave. I don't think people are giving Ten Hag enough shit for rocking up away to Brentford with Bruno Fernandes, Fred, and Ericsson. In it's, three. it's like he uh, didn't yeah. think that Thomas Frank and Brentford would be prepared for what he was probably going to do, and then like, here they are. They couldn't have been more prepared. Like that is like. You know what's worse as well? They were saying that. Um, United spent three days this week training specifically for this game. Like, what? Don't well, they do that? Every, oh. do that for every game. United. Secondly, oh, God. if we've spent three days training and produced that, oh, they've watched Bradford play before. United have got to stop fucking talking. By the way, United have just got to stop talking. Like, the, the guy, the one that still makes me laugh is we watched thousands of right backs and we came up with Wan Bissaka. Like, you should lose your job on the spot then. Like, you should just be sacked. I could have told you he wasn't the answer. We did. We sat on this podcast and did. Yeah. Um, Where is my, is Wembasaka still at the club? Hey, by the way, Ben Mee, nice little move to Brentford, young man. I like that. How you is that a free? I think that was a free. That is. Is that early shout for signing of the season? Signing of the season, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I think that's going to be Jesus, Mike. It might be. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the Arsenal game, but his goal, that chip thing that he did, whatever that was, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Someone called it Burkamp-esque on a pod I was listening to, and it, it does have a bit of Burkamp about it. It's really good. And he yep. was... Two-year deal on a free, me, by the way. 
great signing. Great signing. But yeah, I think Jesus may run out the winner there, unless Haaland bags about 50. Uh, on Haaland, actually, quick tangent before we do Chelsea's Dodge. Fraud watch. Eight touches at the weekend and then flew out to, uh, was it Marbella or somewhere? It was in a beach club the next day, which is hilarious. One of the fair, two completed passes. One of them's an assist. And one yeah, of them's... I know, like... People... It was a lovely assist. He should have had a goal, to be fair. Foden has not squared it to him. And he would have... Feel the fraud. That, I mean, I'd have been giving the gonna... Fernandez hands for that. Foden may be the most overrated player in the league. I'll back it. Look, he's I'll a it. very... I thought he'd Peterborough by, like, 2023. So that's a... not... Like, an input. He's an... A very, very, very good player playing in an all-time team, but he gets talked about like he's the star of this team. Yeah. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, oh, you just made the wrong decision one too many times. Like that, not squaring it to Haaland is. Like put him in Everton, he's Damari Gray. If I look a bit, no, it's Anthony Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> like shaking his head. Uh, that was throw the rod out. That was a bit of Robson Green there. <laughs> If if Anthony Gorn's worth fifty million, by the way, how is? I mean, imagine what Arnautovic is worth in a world that Anthony Gorn's worth fifty mil. He's uh, worth. You know the phrase. Um, you know the phrase people say where they're like, "Oh, he's not worth fifty million, but he's worth that to the club." I'm not even sure Anthony Gorn is worth fifty million to Everton. Oh uh, no, I, I, I'm not his biggest fan as a player, but like without him, they are finishing twentieth. It's I, Solomon Rondon. FC. I, I don't think Anthony Gordon's a good player, and I, I don't for the life of me believe... I don't understand why Chelsea are interested in him. No, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Like Usually with, usually with Chelsea, I'm sort of like... like Even with the Bamiyang, I'm like, he's going to be terrible for Chelsea if they buy him. But there's, there is a sort of twisted logic there. With Anthony Gordon, like, are you just trying to... Are you playing Pokemon, got to collect them all with just wingers with no end product is that what we're doing when's the time each other wings it's going to be a tough watch good lord speaking of tough watches every time you go on twitter and the americans are all like oh Pulisic's just not getting a chance i'm like look look unless he's on the range you can't shoot like what are we doing here like, oh, like the frosted tips he's got going on his hair's actually oh. <laughs> flat enough yeah, oh, um on to chelsea tottenham then um Do you guys want to talk about the game and then I'll talk about Anthony Taylor at the end? So, well, just for Anthony Taylor, you know um, the Guardian Football Weekly, Barry Glendening, said it was a good refereeing display from, from Anthony Taylor in that game. I don't know if you he listened to that. Yet. I have yeah. listened to that, yeah. He did say that, yeah. And I, I, Barry has some takes sometimes and that was, that was a tough one. Uh, but yeah, the game, Chelsea dominated, deserved to win the game. That's about all I've got. Spurs yeah. think I hate Spurs. Uh, yes. Who wins the 1v1? Tuchel v Klopp, by the way. Uh, not Klopp, Conte. Jake, Jake Paul back in Tuchel this Tuchel's, morning. Tuchel's got the height. He's got the reach. That's I think I've had yeah. as well. Long limbs. Also, he's just got divorced, so you know he's um, he's got a bit of rage. In fact. Yeah. I also kind of agree. You need to look at someone when you're shaking their hand. I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure. I agree. Not when Tuchel's been steaming up the touchline past him. 
in the game. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm team Tommy. Uh, I think you've got every right to be a bit annoyed at him if you're Conte. I mean, Conte started it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wasn't it Conte? Con- yeah, Conte, Conte started it and then Tuchel was off up the touchline. Yeah, I would have done and the exact same thing. Let me I mean, tell you. At the, end, at the end, it was fucking petulant. But as we'll come on to, like that whole thing happens because the referee lost control of the game. So... It's daft. I mean, t- tactically, on the head-to-head for the manager, one of them got it spot on. Um, and if the referee does his job, they win that game. I mean, there is something to say that I think this game shows exactly why you can both be think Chelsea are going to be good and also worry about them slightly. Like, Because they should have won this game. It feels harsh to say that you have to put away your chances when... There's certainly the second goal shouldn't have stood. And there's an argument about whether or not you should have even got to the passage of play where the other one scored in the other one. Um, but if I thought Kai Havertz had a really good game for Chelsea. I thought he was excellent, as he so often is in the big games. But that chance where James crosses it in, if you're going to be the striker for a team that's trying to win stuff, you have to put that away. And I do think that'll come with time. And I do think that Jamie Carragher made the point. Was it Jamie Carragher on commentary? Made the point that... Yeah, they're lacking a Lukaku, but would you be able to play like this? Would you be able to come out with this energy and intensity if you were playing a Lukaku? And I just don't think you would have been able to. Well, that's why I don't get the Aubameyang thing, because he's not going to give you he's not intensity gonna give you either. Too. No, because no. that's the... part of the reason Arteta wanted him out, because he didn't fit Yeah. how they want to play. And I guess I guess the question is, does he give you something against the the lower end of divisions? Does he give you that extra cutting edge? But I'm not sure he does. Um I thought Chelsea were really good. Really, really, really good. Yeah, um, and... yeah Spurs have stole one there. So should we do the should we do the decisions then? <laughs> I think the first one was fine. We're, we're, I'm getting get confused between which oh, one was which. Is so that the one where there's the tackle earlier on? Yeah. That's a foul. But once it's gone, Jorginho shouldn't be messing around the edge of the box. I think that has to stand. Yeah, I thought in real time it was a foul. I'm less sure now I've seen it again. Cause it I am too. Ball, but yeah, I, I, I think I, it's probably I, after, uh, so it probably is he, just he about a foul. He the ball first. No, he goes through him to get the ball. I, they're, that, they're giving us fouls all the time. Yeah, I was a bit shocked when I saw it in real time that that like, wasn't a foul. But then want, that's, that was way too... It was almost three, a minute before the... Yeah, couple of, way, the whole, couple of Chelsea on. players had a chance to clear it, including yeah, Jorginho. That yeah, was his fault. Sticking with, that, sticking with sticking with that decision though, I've no problem with that not being a foul, but that has to not be a foul all the time, and that was that was the problem with this game in general, in that I know the referees have got this idea that they've got to let it flow, they've got this idea, you've which is commendable. Yeah, that's the new season thing, isn't it? That's the directive. Yeah, which is commendable, but this happens every year at the start for the first five games where they say, we're going to let it flow. We're going to let people play. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then there's an injury in about week five. People remember there's a world cup on and they're like, right, well, we're going to clamp down a bit now. And it just means that consistency for the referee is not there. And I do think you need this. You do need the consistency because otherwise these games come into. This is where, where they how far. Into. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Consistency is what we all want. We're never, ever going to get it. 
actually, but <laughs> but there you go. How far back can you go, do you think? It's a different phase of play, isn't it, really? It's, I would say that definitely is, particularly when Jorginho has the ball. Well, it's 45 seconds in between the two. Like, I don't really... On the, I think the anger, the anger certainly. I, I remember when I was what there, and I was like, I was like, well, that was a foul on Havertz. That's annoying because it is close enough that it annoys you. But I, after that's not given, you sit there and you go, well, is it offside with Richarlison? I don't think it's offside with Richarlison. I, I don't think he's he's too oh, far right. away that... from the keeper to be interfering. I think, but I actually thought that was offside. That's my I... my opinion. I think I'm probably wrong on that, but I well, thought that was offside. That was one of those situations where if it had been given as offside, I'd have gone, I'd have gone, OK. It's pretty hard to tell, and I'm not, not sure him, how much of a difference it makes to whether he can save it, but that's where it I was seemed with to it. me like he was a little bit in his eye line. Like that's where I would have got it if he stood right in front of him, but he's like, he's not that close to Mendy, is he? That's the thing for me. Yeah, but in, if you're a keeper, you, you have, your first move has to be on it, it, otherwise it's in. It's past you. It's it's not, past it wasn't it. a really powerful strike, though. It wasn't really moving. It's, I mean, it's still got past him. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably wrong, but I, I thought it, he could easily I, have given that I thought, I thought that was one of those ones where if it, whichever way it goes... You can, you can complain about, or you can be ha- or you can be yeah. fine with, and so yeah, someone's probably going to be annoyed about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. the thing I think the thing is with the first one, when you take those, I think the reason where the annoyance creeps in is when you've got these two decisions that are side by, and it help it probably engenders that feeling of injustice. But I will go on to the fact that I thought even before these incidents, I thought the referee and the linesman had a had a really awful game yesterday. I thought the one where there was a particular moment where it cle- it came off the line. It came off a Tottenham player's foot clear as day. The lino flags for a goal kick, and and then the referee went, "No, that's a." That's yeah, a I even I saw that. Yeah. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, "I thought that is that is the the absolute basics." And it was telling that, particularly with that lino on the right hand side, the way Chelsea were kicking in the second half. I can't remember which way it was. I'm assuming it was towards the shed. But um, the way that happened, I thought was, I thought that was indicative of the fact that they just were not on it and there were a couple of them as well like there were a couple of little niggles in there I thought Benton Cole got away with a lot I also thought that some of, I also thought Jorginho got away with a lot at times and I thought Koulibaly got away with some hefty ones too so I thought they were missing some stuff which I think adds up to this feeling of the referees losing control of this the managers are getting het up on the sidelines they're going which is where you see those ugly scenes like that. Because I don't know about you, when everyone's like, that's a great ad, people will like, oh, what an engrossing game. It's a great advert for the league. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying in terms of a drama perspective, but the reason the Premier League's the greatest league in the world, trademarked, is it's the best managers and the best players playing against each other. And for it to be ruined by the officials not being up to the task... I actually think hurts the product rather than hinders it and hurts the product and hinders it rather than improves it. Um, and we will talk about it now, but I cannot, f- how, how VAR can watch Cucurella be dragged down by his hair and A, not give a red card for violent conduct and B, then allow them to take the corner beyond me. 
Well, the thing with the so, corner would have been taken anyway if he'd been sent off because the ball wasn't in play. So if they so sent him off, yeah. they'd still have taken the corner. That's what would have I happened. Didn't, yeah, so. I didn't realise this. Supposedly, the rule is it's not actually a foul, but you can yeah. send him off for violent conduct. Because so the, the ball hadn't been played. Regardless. So yeah, it wouldn't have stopped the then. corner being taken. It seems yeah. totally bizarre, but I don't understand how you don't but, look at that and send him off. No, and... And the thing is for me that it's double jeopardy for Chelsea because the marking on that last corner is appalling and you can and they should be playing to the whistle and they should be on it. So there is a mis- there is a definite mistake there. But from a human perspective, you can understand how you're dragged away and then you're made to wait for that time and then you come in to take that last kick. You can understand why your concentration's elsewhere. I just I know we talk about it all the time. We talk about VAR and we talk about how VAR's a bad thing. Again, I go back to the application of VAR and how a, how a referee who is cons- Anthony Taylor, like it or not, is con- gets all these big games because he's considered to be the big referee. He's considered to be the best one we have. How him and Mike Dean can look at that and and get that so horribly wrong. I don't understand how then how they're then going to be allowed to referee another big game soon. I, I, yeah. think, I think it's a shocking failure. Yeah, really no, it do. absolutely is. Like, if that's not violent conduct, I just I don't know what is. I, I've I've no idea how they can look at that and see anything other than a red card. It is shocking. That's what yeah. VAR's there for. I, I mean, you, the ref is in a good position anyway to see that. But this is the thing, Anthony. And I've Tuchel after the match said some things he shouldn't have said. He, he he's going to get fined. He's yeah. going to get fined. He he gave like. He, because, like it or not, there's been an Anthony Taylor tends to do a lot of the big games. He's done a lot of games with Chelsea where there's been a lot of contentious decisions, and this idea has started that he's biased against Chelsea. He's not biased against Chelsea at all. He's just a referee who's in the spotlight. So when he makes bad decisions, you see the bad decisions a lot. So Tuchel giving light to that is really poor, and he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That being said. And it goes back to this. It goes back to this whole idea on referees. Tuchel has to come out immediately after the game, where tempers are running really high, and he has to talk about these things. The referees never have to explain their mistake because, from my perspective, I would love for Anthony Taylor to come out and tell me why he thought that wasn't a violent conduct. Because at that point, I can go, I don't agree with you, but at least I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um. But he he says nothing. The referees say nothing, which means that we all get to fill that we all get to fill that vacuum of noise, with none of us knowing what the referees actually think or believe. He, and I think it's I do think it's unfair on these managers to have to immediately come out and talk about these situations, and we ask the players to do it too. And if they say the wrong thing, we find them. Whereas we don't actually say to the referees, hold on, explain, even if it's not straight away, maybe a few days later, kind of like that basketball last two minute report kind of thing. Talk us through your decisions, because then if we don't agree with you, we don't agree with you. But at least you're not at least you've got a voice in this argument. Well, with the NBA thing as well, you can the referees, when they review a play, they tell you exactly there's microphones on them and you hear what they say. So it is cleared immediately. You know what what they're what they're thinking. Yeah, I think the people in VAR are the people who should be doing who should be saying like Mike Dean. Was it Mike Dean? Was it on the uh, on the VAR in that game? Is he he should have to going? say. I thought he retired. He, he has retired from pitch refereeing, hasn't he? But he's. Oh, so he does VAR. He should have to say what, why that's not 
violent conduct in a red car. But, but Anthony Taylor should have to say it too because he can see it. Because what I'm assuming. True, but I mean, VAR is there, so things like that. Up, yeah, yeah, I don't. Get what you're saying. Like, I agree that he should have seen it, but the fact that if he says he hasn't, whatever, then how does VAR not do it? That's why I think VAR should be the one who has to answer these questions, really. But I do agree with you. But yeah, because this isn't. This isn't a consent, a contentious decision, really. No, it's a hundred percent a red card. And I'm, I'm yet to find anyone who doesn't think that that was a red card, and 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 that, and I just, I do go back to that. If it, you think you feel sorry for managers because if they get to the end of the season, for example, and Tuchel misses out on something by two points, and that that could, that affects them. And it's all bit, it's all down to the fact that they got this wrong, and that's fine, because people make mistakes. What I will say with Anthony Taylor and a lot of the refereeing in the league is there's a consistent pattern of mistakes, and there's a consistent pattern of mistakes with Anthony Taylor in big games. So the ne- the thing I always think is there needs to be some level of there needs to be some level of accountability when it comes to referees, because I do think that. We have a the relationship with referees in football is broken, but I wonder how much of that could be fixed by communication. I watch rugby, for example, and the way they talk to referees in rugby is so different. They're treated with such respect. And I always think to myself, is that because the referee pulls them over and talks to them and just says, Look, I've made this decision, the decision's final, but this is but this is why I've made it. And I just think that allows for that silence, which is where the, the stupid conspiracies and all these things and spring up into play. And I just think that's I think that's. A, I think football's really missing a trick. Yeah, on the going back to a little bit what you're saying about the VAR, Neville and Carragher was on the overlap saying that they, on commentary, they get to hear what the VAR is saying, and they they do just talk it through like methodically. Here's what I've seen. Go and have a look at it. I do think that would would make a massive difference, even just as a starting point. To just give that to the fans, and then at least we can understand the VAR part. And then yeah. there's there's plenty of other decisions we're not going to understand, but no. I don't think they're ever coming out and doing no. post match. No, I and no, and I don't think that's ever happening. And I, I don't. I think if you make them do post match things individually, I think that's when you get issues. That's fine. Then uh, I do think there has to be some kind of thing where they come out after a game and they and they review it and it, and they review it in a manner where the average fan gets an opportunity to see it because. Otherwise, you're just gonna get you're just gonna keep getting into these situations. And Sky love it. Sky love this 24/7 news cycle where they get to talk about it for weeks. They have it? Ref Watch. Yeah, they, they do. literally have Ref Watch, a show on Monday morning yeah, about, about. They absolutely it. love it. But as a football fan, I my favourite games are the games where the referees' involvement is minimal, and where you come away and you think to yourself, you think to yourself, the only thought you have about the ref is, oh, ref had a good game today. That's it. That's all you ever want to think about. Well, what you want, yeah, what you want is to not even know who the hell the ref was. Yeah. Because yeah. they hardly even did anything. Yeah. Like if we were if we were sat there if we were sat there and um, at the weekend and Chelsea had shot themselves in the foot twice and it was two two and I was coming out of this game and I'd be like fucking Chelsea what a load of shit but as it stands I'm coming out of this game going a feeling feeling hard done by because. The referees made one big mistake and lost control of the game. And now you watch these managers fighting on a touchline. And I know people love it for the drama, but that's not a good advert for the game. That's not why we all 
watch football, is it? We don't watch. If we wanted to watch that, we'd watch UFC. We'd watch boxing. Well, we wouldn't because handbags like that. But it 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 did ruin what was otherwise a really engrossing game of football. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, me too. Shame when that happens. You're right. You come away, yeah, just feeling a bit deflated because it wasn't necessarily Chelsea's fault. There were some things in there they could have done different, but oh, Havertz puts away that chance. We're sat there, we're, but this is my thing. If Havertz puts away that chance and it ends three-two, we're still having this conversation. No, you're right. We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so we should be. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing is, like Anthony Taylor, like I know it is a joke, but I I just feel like you. There has to be some form of look. You you cocked up. Like you made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, but you can't instantly go into well. You're gonna you're gonna do the next big game. Like come on, it's not how life should work. Yeah. Anyway, well they certainly knew what violent conduct was because they saw it the next night with Nunes when he was. Uh, I was gonna say. Fucking hell. They managed to get that one at least. Indeed, indeed. Luis Diaz goal, early contender for the best goal of the season. Superb. Well, he got the he got them the point. Look, he has got it. I don't know what it is, but he has got it. Uh, you're right, he does. Yeah. 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 He's a good player. Yeah. I mean, he's but, dribbled like past at least half of the team. They had to score that. Yeah. Liverpool looked dangerously undercooked, by the way. Yeah. But they looked dangerously undercooked at the start of last season. Don't and worry, they, United will tune them up in a few in a week's time. Yeah. Yeah, Liverpool will be looking at Liverpool of old Nick by Monday night, that's for sure. I'm looking for Firmino to score four. That's what I'm looking for. No, I'm looking for uh, a Jordan Henderson brace. That's what I'm after. I'm just so glad I'm playing football that night, so I probably won't have to watch most of it. Hey, well, uh, well, uh, let's watch it live. And uh, Mike can come when he's finished his football and we can talk about the game. Yeah, and then just post it the next morning on the podcast, please. Job done. I I mean, been, unless Manuel wins, of course, then, then yeah. we can get that, I think. Yeah, I've been getting requests for visual content, so. Who from? Was it, was it, I oh, was it? It was, yeah. Ah, oh, well. Here's a visual for you, Was. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's not go long, okay? We had a nice start to the podcast. We, we talked bullshit for a while. We then took the piss out of Man United. And then we uh, we had a nice, serious discussion at the end, OK? It's the perfect podcast. So let's get the fuck out of here before we talk for 40 minutes on, like, how good Brighton were or something. I don't know. Bullshit. Um, I know ne- don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Dave will be in here to go, Knox Forest and a new QPR. Because they're trying to buy Emerson Palmieri and they've already got Nico Williams. He's a right back, Dave. Okay. Um, Genuine conversation we had. Anyway, um, every time I watch Palace, I think to myself, which one's Dave going to love? Is it Odison Edward? Is it Decore? Is it Anderson? Which one? It's not Eze's favourite. Are we even sure Eze's good? Obviously, Probably slightly, still slightly behind Tyreek Mitchell, but yeah. Who? Um... And is he still at the club? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gone, hasn't he? God. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Hennessy. Wayne Hennessy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I wasn't. 
it was like the classic, like the Shaq picture where Shaq told um, Christian Wood, sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Just Wayne Hennessy, but instead of like, Christian Wood is Hitler. Do you know where he is? Oh, yeah, Anyone? No, I know you are. Transfers uh, you, you probably missed. Oh, I... He's a backup goalkeeper at a Prem club. Uh, hold on. Southampton. Will, pick your poison. Uh, Everton. It's not. It's not either of those. It's not Forest. Oh, oh the splurge! They really are the new QPR. Fuck it out. Right. If, if you want to keep up with David Harris, is at David Harris underscore forty four. But please be aware he's in hospital, having them look at his completely empty head. Um, if you want to keep up with Ross and his thoughts on the latest all and nothing, you can do so. Where Ross? Uh, at Ross underscore bird fourteen on Twitter. And um, Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out more about Joel Linton, who I, I'm assuming played well this week because he plays well every week. Um, where can they do that? Yeah, as always, another great performance from him uh, at Mikey Breslin. If you want to hear more about why Man United should buy him. <laughs> Uh, and if you'd like to follow us all, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to let that one sit for a while. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a really bad take on the podcast. Um, mm. You can follow me at Will Seventeen, but please Has don't. It? <laughs> no, it was the one to, to me on the one to twenty. So there's plenty <laughs> of tough stuff on there. Uh, but please don't please don't follow us at in and around pod on all the socials including bums that um if you've got any questions for us in and around pod at gmail.com um and until next time sayonara no you gotta wait oh come on no you've stuffed in there that was the time for it I, you didn't need to say my name no no we know, we know it's, it's do my... i not normally no, I don't think so. You just put me on the tee and I'll I'll hit it, all right? <laughs> all right, reload. What were we talking about at the start of the podcast? Um, <laughs> oh, so the PR guy comes into the room at uh, Arsenal. <laughs> 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 <laughs>